0: Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, first up, we're going to start off with uh, Wayne Laugan from HTDC. That's the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation. And uh, we'll be talking about a training series to optimize your business's supply chain operations. And then we'll be joined by Pat Sullivan. He's the president and CEO over at Oceanet and we'll talk about something called the Edge Technology Showcase. Uh, But before we get to to that, I want to welcome Wayne Laugan. He's the program manager over at HTDC, and I wanted to ask him about this training series that uh, I I saw on one of their newsletters, and I thought it was pretty cool. So, Wayne, hey, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Hey, Bert. Thanks for having me.
0: So, you know, I, I saw it on a newsletter, and you know, I'm always kind of scouring places for different uh, events coming up. And I know the, the series has been going on for a little while, right?
1: Yeah, actually, we started it uh, in January. So so it's it's going through, uh, but we do have all the content available for viewing. Um, and, you know, I think, <clears throat> as you mentioned, the, the next one that's coming up is actually focused on um, digital transformation and technology adoption.
0: Okay, so before we talk about the digital transformation, uh, what... what mm-hmm. Was it that really started the idea of doing this supply chain series? I mean, and I, I think it has a good story. And, and what was the catalyst uh, for actually doing it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the catalyst is, I think, you know, we all know that Hawaii companies face unique challenges, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, early on in the pandemic, right, HGDC uh, rolled out an e-commerce program. Mm-hmm. And then coming out of that, uh, what we saw was a lot of companies were struggling with supply chain. Yeah. So we we, we actually interviewed um, uh, a good number of uh, Hawaii food manufacturers to identify topics that would interest them, you know, surrounding supply chain. Uh, what we found out though was that most people never really thought about supply chain before the pandemic. You know, it's it's not an issue right until you can't get something you need, like toilet paper.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So a lot of companies that we interviewed, you know, we asked them where their components come from. How does a product get from point A to point B where it's assembled? And then, you know, the, a lot of a lot of sad stories. You know, we, we they, they told us about how, you know, delayed materials wreaked havoc downstream by dis- disrupting schedules, mm-hmm. you know, work stoppages, and then you know, shipments to customers. So so that's why we we turn our attention to supply chain. Um, supply chain visibility, I think, is you know is a big topic. Uh, but I think we decided that we should cover all the fundamentals. Starting with like you know, automation, inventory processes, that type of thing, and then now we're, we're moving into more digital or advanced topics. So, um, so through, through the series.
0: So the um, the beginning of it was you said in January. How many episodes have you done in this series already?
1: Uh, we've done six.
0: And and what what are the? Can you kind of like uh, rattle off what the six were?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we started off with you know just a. Short introduction to automation just Mm -hmm. to get people thinking we highlighted you know quick wins uh that companies could get from you know doing some sort of automation whether it's through equipment or process automation uh we went over uh shipping because i think that was one thing that some some smaller manufacturers didn't have a good grasp on uh next one was supply chain integration Mm -hmm. uh, followed by inventory process and technology um which was the last two that we just did. There's a part one and a part two, which sort of covered, you know, demand planning. And then part two went over storage, warehousing, and 3PLs.
0: And who, who is it that you've uh, enlisted in, in producing these videos?
1: So through through the Manufacturing Extension Partnership, uh, we actually worked with one of our um, centers in Idaho. Uh, they, they had a contractor called Vessel.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: um, that there were supply chain experts and just so happens that uh one of the co-founders in the company uh has hawaii roots he was born and raised in hawaii he moved to boise to start the company and work there uh he reached out uh through our connection through idaho mep and we created uh we did the interviews and we created the supply chain education content that's that's geared towards uh, hawaii food
0: manufacturers and then uh, you just use an acronym mep what does mep stand for
1: MEP is the Manufacturing Extension Partnership. Uh, it's a federal program that's run through the Department of Commerce. Uh, there's uh, a center like ours in every state, mm-hmm. and uh, we focus on helping small, medium-sized manufacturers become more globally competitive.
0: Oh, right on. Okay, so uh, the one that's coming up on May 3rd is about uh, digital transformation and technology. Can you give us uh, some teasers around what that uh, workshop is about?
1: I think uh, well, digital transformation, right? It, it's uh, it, it'll go over how uh, manufacturers can prepare for new technologies mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. by improving processes. Uh, we we go over certain steps that companies can follow as part of their digital strategy. Because um, what we found, right, is that you know digital transformation can identify strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. um, using data from production processes, supply chain operations, and customer interactions. Um, companies who have gone through the Digital transformation, you know, you know, like basic stuff, moving away from you know manual processes to something that's more streamlined and automated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the best step they took was preparing for technology adoption, um, and and making sure that everyone was on board. I think change management is a big part of digital transformation within any company, um, more so for manufacturers, especially the ones in Hawaii who um, haven't, you know, been more exposed to the technologies as. Uh, Opposed to mainland companies.
0: Yeah, right on. So, the series is actually free, right?
1: Yeah, it's free. It's it's all online. Uh, companies can go again to the hcdc.org website. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel that companies uh, that anyone interested can view the mm-hmm. the videos because they're all on YouTube also. Very good. And um, there's also additional uh, uh, take takeaway. There's a handout that you can download that goes into a little bit more detail on you know, what's covered in the video.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, mm-hmm. of
1: course, uh, for further uh, discussions, you know, I would recommend everyone reach out to Innovate Hawaii.
0: Right on. That's, and that's the organization that's uh, that you are, are a part of, right, over at HDDC?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, Innovate Hawaii is a program of HDDC.
0: Right on. Okay, so, Wayne, what is the uh, URL people can go to to find these videos?
1: Uh, we can start at htdc.org. And then uh, from there, there should be under BizHelp, biz there's a drop-down for supply chain training.
0: Right on. I'll, I'll, I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Mahalo, Wayne, for joining me. All
1: right, Bert. Thanks for having me.
0: And, of course, we'll be back after the short break. And uh, when we return, we'll be joined by Pat Sullivan, President and CEO from Oceanet. We'll talk about the Edge Technology Showcase. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University.
0: Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum, And of course, I want to welcome back to the show Patrick Sullivan, President and CEO from Oceanet. And uh, we want to b- talk about something new, brand new. It's called the Edge Technology Showcase. Hey, Pat. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe.
3: Hey, Bert. How's it? How's it? How's it? Well, you know, yeah. the last
0: time I had you on, we were talking about the uh, uh, rapid COVID test. And then, and then I had uh, Matt Sullivan on talking about uh, Blast Ninja. And, and now I got you back on talking about this Edge Technology Showcase. <clears throat> now... Before we get into the details of what the edge technology showcases i didn't realize but uh, edge is an acronym for something
3: that 's right it's uh, energy and decarbonization for the global environment and it's our attempt to help save the planet by putting together in one bucket a whole bunch of things that we're doing in the energy space everything from new energies to you know stripping out carbon to making the Infrastructure we have today that produces energy everybody uses more efficient and saving carbon immediately. Mm-hmm. So we're doing all the above. And um, this showcase in Houston, this will be, I think, our fifth year doing this, but this one looks really like it's going to be a big event. So we host a tech showcase where we bring technology from Hawaii that we create from basic ideas and science. And we go to Houston, where we do this in at the same time, but in the evening, with the Offshore Technology Conference, which is really the largest energy conference on the planet. Mm-hmm. So pretty much every energy company in the world is there for a few days, and um, we've already got coming to this event. Um, I don't know, maybe 300 people. But lots of people from all over the world, from the Middle East and from Europe and from all over the U.S., of course, and um, areas in between. It's because we're, what we're doing and the reason I think it's important to talk about is the way we're looking at creating a more diverse economy in Hawaii is creating ideas from basic science, producing technology as products, and then moving it out to the rest of the world. So it's from Hawaii to the world and that's a kind of a shift in the way people think about tech in Hawaii. They, they want to go out and bring it to the state. We're going the other direction. Mm-hmm. And all of it is stuff that we, we create here in Hawaii, the whole range of things. So, well, for example, we yeah. have whole new ways to produce hydrogen from um, a, a waste product called produced water, which is an enormous problem. And with that, hydrogen also comes these um, rare metals and materials like lithium for batteries and uh, we build a, a small version we call baby halo here in hawaii and we're building a big version in houston but the plan is to take it up to alaska and the partner with that is a company called eni they're the national energy company of italy
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we have a uh, actually an enterprise-wide agreement with them now to work all over the world. So they're working in 62 countries, and they've got a whole bunch of stuff they want us to do in a whole bunch of countries around the world because energy is a global business. But technology and the ideas of technology are things we can actually produce and create right here in Hawaii. And the two things required for that are education and imagination. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to make sure that our local kids grow up with lots of that
0: and and Pat, you were uh, definitely alluding to this. you have a whole array of things, and you know through education and innovation, how do you start to focus the smart people that you have at oceanet on a particular let's say uh, energy innovation that would then be of interest to some of your Global partners. I mean, how do you how do you find that that right sort of mix of uh, innovation, but also traction with you know some of your partners?
3: It's a great idea, and I actually wrote a whole book about it. But there's a homegrown technique we call intellectual anarchy, mm-hmm. and it's the name of the book. And so it sounds like anarchy, but it really isn't. But it's what we've learned over decades of experience, and it just keeps happening over and over. So kind of at a high level, we have a group we call, you know, there's a few hundred people, maybe a 100 Ph.D. level scientists and engineers. So we have the blue zone in the company, which looks at exploration, discovery, like a university. And then we have the green zone, which is all about products, customers, um, manufacturing, distribution, service And they're connected through the rock-and-roll zone
0: Okay. okay. because
3: it doesn't match perfectly never does and anybody that says it does and you've got a perfect plan they've never actually done it because once you start talking to real customers you don't actually know what you need Mm -hmm. so what we do is we create the ideas from fundamental science but turns out we do this thing sounds a little old-fashioned but we call it thinking and we actually take time to think about what we should do. That's no exaggeration. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do this anymore because they want to know the requirement. We don't do requirements. We Eventually you get there, but you start with thinking. And if you think, it turns out most of the time, pretty much for us all the time, somewhere in the future, there will be a requirement. So as we're thinking about these ideas, for example, what the world needs, Then once we go out and start talking to customers, the green zone, you know, actually listening to people, listening turns out to be an important skill, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like telling them everything. It's asking the right questions so that people talk about what their needs are versus a requirement. And then what we do is we weigh in on those ideas and we find ways to reduce that risk in general. In the very beginning, the ideas are way too risky for venture or anybody else, venture capital. What we do, we go to folks that we know in the government, which basically are open to anybody in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and we try to argue for investing in an idea. So you mentioned the rapid test. That came from an argument, an idea, where we convinced parts of the government, in particular DARPA, that we were going to look at causality in biology using a human-style AI that would actually be more like general AI. That's what gave us the tool set to design the molecule, Mm -hmm. which then was used to make the test. And this process just keeps repeating itself. So the way we do it then is we create these ideas, and then we listen to people. And it turns out an underappreciated skill we have in spades in Hawaii is soft skills. It's dealing with people. It's listening to people because you look at across the state, you have lots of diversity, all kinds of people. Everybody's got a crazy uncle. Everybody's got, you know, a grandma. Everybody's mm-hmm. got some relative, some adopted family or something. When you're out there listening and working with customers, whether they're from Italy or the Middle East or in Oklahoma or wherever, it's just like your extended Ohana. And when we bring the this idea of Aloha, where we work with people as humans and the soft skills people like to work with us because we don't try to come in with any pretentious idea. We just, we're just guys from Hawaii and girls from Hawaii and we go and listen, but we actually build and make things. And over the years we build built a lot of confidence, but that soft skill is really important as you're listening to what's needed. And then we may propose an idea or something. So for example, this halo project, um, we had thrown out an idea. We were at an event, and it didn't wasn't quite what it is today. It was around a hydrogen fuel cell for some wasted hydrogen and some other things. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out one of these guys was at one of these events, and they said, you know, turns out their CEO was really interested in it. And we said, well, look, we'll get you something. And then we pivot and submit a small proposal, maybe to uh, SBIR or something. And it's really like, proof of this, the idea, is this insane or what? Can we make it work? If we prove the science, and now we got a hook. Mm-hmm. It's like you're rock climbing and you got a finger hold. Okay, now I got something. Now what can I do to mature that? And we start working with these companies. We call this corporate co-development. Talk about it in the book. Mm-hmm. But we do this in different industries. The energy industry is interesting because they're un- under a lot of pressure to change. And we started working with them during the um, Macondo condo blowout in the Gulf of Mexico, the fifty billion dollars screw up with uh, British petroleum mm-hmm. and discovered that they're living in a bit of a time warp. So we're kinda it's not quite like shooting fish in a barrel, but we have so much stuff we do that there was lots of stuff we could do to help them. And over time they just you know, all the majors work with us, all these guys work with us, but you know we're we're the guys from Hawaii. They all come and visit here by the way, so mm-hmm. there's a steady stream of these major energy executives from around the world that come to Hawaii, not for the obviously Waikiki is wonderful, but they don't come for that right They come because they're trying to figure out how to innovate and solve these really hard problems.
0: well, you know Pat, one of the things that uh, you you hinted at, and I think it's it's one of the secret sauces that Oceanet has been so successful at you mentioned sbir as one possible you know like funding source for some of these ideas that come out of the blue zone and so i, I do want to explore a little bit about some of that secret sauce on how do you how do you take a blue zone idea and then find that right sort of funder that can actually take it to uh, another level of 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 verification and then and then you know then it can be more validated and then taken to the green zone uh, so I want to use that as a bit of a teaser. That's going to be like Oceanit's secret sauce. Going to hold that thought. We'll be right back on a short break to continue our conversation with Pat Sullivan from Oceanit, and of course, we're talking about the Edge Technology Showcase. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Byte Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company.
0: Welcome back. This is Byte Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Pat Sullivan, President and CEO from Oceanit. And, of course, we're talking about the Edge Technology Showcase and hydrogen uh, decarbonization and... Right before the break, uh, I was uh, looking at some of the the secrets of how Oceanet finds the right sort of funding sources to take some of the blue zone ideas and and really gain some traction so that they can now enter into this more you know more let's say green zone of of uh, development of a product and and Pat you mentioned SBIR but SBIR is not the only way right so how do you how do you get <clears throat> or how do you take some of those ideas that are coming out of the, you know, the the minds of the PhDs that you have over at Oceanet, and and really find the right sort of funding source that would keep that idea afloat, you know? Because it's, you gotta, you know, you can't be just coming up with ideas. You gotta, you gotta pay these guys, right? Brilliant. So <laughs> how do you, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. So that that's yeah. part it of the will secret sauce. Every
3: two weeks, come hella high water. That's right. So that's just a given. Yeah. No, oh, and it's a good question, and, and, and it's uh, just an FYI. I talk about this a bit in the book because mm-hmm. it's a common question. So first, um, all these people are very bright, and we, we tell them, you know, they need to put together an argument. But the key thing is they have to be willing to get hit. And by that I mean if somebody rejects them, they have to get up off the floor. Some people are very thin-skinned. So if you throw out an idea and somebody says, well, that's just stupid, it could be a good idea they don't know, or it could be a stupid idea or somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've got to sort it out. That's called feedback. But it takes a certain kind of person. and We take a lot of these young researchers, young PhDs. They're all very smart and self-assured you know, and confident. We kind of go through this almost like a boot camp
2: mm-hmm.
3: because what we're doing is we're basically trying to teach them to get up off the floor when their idea gets rejected or to get up off the floor when they go and try something and it doesn't work, because when it doesn't work, it's a learning opportunity.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So you notice that when Elon's uh, uh, rocket blew up, mm-hmm. they didn't call it a failure. They, it's a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so teaching people how to do that is one of the things we try to do at Oceanit,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because if, you're, if you are too worried about somebody saying your idea is not good, you don't have a chance. The the odds of winning an SBIR are roughly 1 in 10. That means I tell people, write 10, lose 9, and win 1, and now you're at par. You're better than that. You're better than the national average. And people need to learn to be more resilient and to get comfortable in their thinking, but also to take feedback. So sometimes we get rejected, and we learn a lot. Those are valuable opportunities too. Sometimes we have to work harder to explain to people what we're talking about. Like I talked about causality and biology. Mm-hmm. That took about 18 months to convince DARPA because we're talking at such a level where we had to bring everybody along and uh, convince them that this was, in fact, a worthwhile idea. Mm-hmm. And it turns out wasn't just a worthwhile idea we're the only guys that you know got any of their funding that actually produced a test mm-hmm. and got it approved in the whole united states so you know it's a really good idea we just had our guys in the office of the director yesterday dropped off a, a box of mac nuts and said thanks for taking a chance on a crazy idea <laughs> because because that's what it takes yeah so no the i secret sauce is willingness to go out and do that and learn from it. And so we try to teach young people to learn to go with that, not to not. It's kind of like if every time you wipe out on a wave and you got your feelings hurt, you might not ever surf. But when you get a really good ride and you get hooked, you can't stop. That's what we're looking for when it comes to creating technology. That's exactly the feeling. We call them techno warriors because Mm -hmm. they're fearless. They paddle in no matter how big and steep and when they get a really good ride they have a blast
0: well that's great that's great pat and it's great to have a, a leader like you uh heading up you know a company like oceanet now getting back to the edge uh technology showcase so this is an oceanet <clears throat> special showcase that's happening up uh in Houston <clears throat> you have a whole bunch of folks joining you there uh maybe share of uh, maybe a little bit of the highlights you see being showcased and and the opportunity that it might uh uh provide Hawaii and, you know, people that might get involved with it.
3: Yeah. So, no, thanks. I, I think it's important for, for two reasons. You know, how we bring technology to the world is what we're doing right now. And it's a process that others can do, too, because the world needs lots of help. So I just put that out there. We're hiring folks as well, and I'll get to that later. But some of the things we're going to bring there, for example, there's a technology called Coral, which is like a, a carbon-negative cement. We're using it for 3D-printed reefs. This is a darker project. Mm-hmm. We're also working with that new NOAA project out in Waikiki. But turns out the energy industry uses a lot of cement. But we're also doing this thing around HEDEX. Now, HEDEX is a mashup of nanotechnology, robotics, AI, and augmented reality to so take a thermal power plant, kind of the epicenter, the heat exchanger, and make it run more efficient. Even, say, 10% save a lot of carbon. Every single thermal power plant on the planet uses this. And we're right now signing up projects in India. We just got a group out in Philippines, the Middle East. Uh, we think we can make a huge difference, take a dent out of carbon, with this technology, which we can roll out around the world in a couple of years. And so we're in the middle of doing that now. And that's going to be on exhibit. There's also these smart materials called scanite, where mm-hmm. we can scale up. They're like grains of sand, but they become smart materials. You throw them in things like cement. You turn the whole well into a sensor. You can put them in all kinds of things, and you turn it into a sensor. Um, Enter Shield is all about cyber for big sophisticated facilities and factories. So how do we stop from getting hacked and protect them? We're going to bring that. Merlin is a thing we do for looking at methane leaks. It's an all sky sensor. Aeropel is the thing we're doing. We're going to land a big helicopter. We're going to be at the old Houston airport built in 1940, believe it or not, to go over the whole thing. And, uh, it's a small airport because back then they didn't have many airplanes. <laughs> and, uh but, but, but it's going to be kind of cool because they're landing a helicopter. We've been treating this. That's a Black Hawk, and there's a bunch of other aircraft that are landing. All this technology was created here in Hawaii.
0: Hey, Pat, so, you know, we got about 30 seconds. Uh, why don't you kind of put the pitch out for, the, you know, PhDs to apply at Oceanet?
3: Yeah, so we're looking for, for folks. Local kids are always preferred, you know, PhD in math, physics, computer science, Um, artificial intelligence engineering Uh, we're looking for talent people that really want to change the world but from Hawaii to the world so they got to be willing to you know we'll teach people how to work on really hard problems they you know need to go out and work with the rest of the planet so some travel and dealing with people in other lands and places it can be a lot of fun for people and um, we're looking for more people so I'm actually going to be visiting with lots of universities but I'm looking for local kids because they're the best.
0: Right on. And I'll put the the link to Ocean It up on our show notes for later on. And, you know, if you're out there, you're interested, I think Ocean it would be a great place to work. And Pat Sullivan, he's the founder and CEO of Ocean it. Mahalo, Pat, for joining me today.
3: Thanks, Bert. This has been great.
0: And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week. When we're talking to Noah Seagrand about the debris removal from the Pacific Ocean. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. And of course, you can catch HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.